What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. Me and Steve starting off the show here. Jake should be joining us shortly. Uh, today, the NBA made the podcast easy because <laughs> yes. it, it's been bananas since we've been on last so lots to talk about. Um, you guys could take your best guess. Obviously, we're going to be discussing Chet and Wemby. Obviously, we're going to be discussing the Clippers' struggles with James Harden, the T-Wolves Warriors backyard brawl that happened last <laughs> night. And then we're going to be talking about one of our favorite teams as a podcast, Indiana Pacers, and then a surprise team yeah. in the Houston Rockets who – you know, has an incredible coach. They brought in all these new faces and we weren't exactly sure how they were going to mesh. Um, but it's working out pretty well in Houston. Steve, how are you doing, man? I, I know you've been loving the NBA. Actually. I, I have been loving that. the NBA. And I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, I, even though if you fully understand these in season tournaments or even like them, they're giving us entertainment. I, I'll tell you what, these, these, these in season tournament, these matchups of, you know, the new divisions they put every team in, we are getting some fireworks for these matchups. And, wasn't a great wasn't a great night for the Mavs in their in season no. tournament game against the Pelicans. It's a classic, right? Mavs blow out the Pelicans a couple nights ago, and then they get blown out by the Pelicans. So it's like two teams, talented teams. Is one was the hot shooting team one night, next night it's the other team. So not great yep. there. But I'm not pushing the panic button. Mavs are eight and three. They're still looking good. But I'll tell you what, Donnie, these are some exciting games. I'll be honest. A little disappointed in round one of Chet versus Wemby. I know it's not always yes. going to go like that, but I got to say I was a little disappointed, and I don't want to. I don't want to be the old man yelling at the clouds right now, Dunny. But I think if if you watch the uh, the coverage on TNT, Shaq brought up a great point. I get it. We are in this era where teams are switching constantly. They're switching all the time. It's matchup based game. But I think it was only once maybe on each side that we saw Chet first Wemby really kind of go at it. Like it's yeah. Chet on Wemby, who's going to score on who. And both guys didn't have a great offensive night. The game blew out. SGA was SGA. I mean, you can't say enough good things about him. But I'm hoping we get some better uh, better matchups because round one uh Wemby versus Chet was kind of a disappointment of two players that I've really liked watching this year and – it maybe it was felt like it was a little too much for these guys to really go at it. Maybe it, in, it was in their heads too, because they both struggled offensively. They Wemby turned the ball over five times, I believe. Chat didn't shoot the ball well. Wemby didn't shoot the ball well, and in the end, the Thunder absolutely ran the Spurs out of the gym. But See, that's that's that was going to be my point. I think we also got some of it stolen. What, yeah, maybe absolutely. maybe what could have been because. Yeah. Even to start the second half, like the Thunder just had a different to end oh, the second to end the first half, and then to start the second half, the Thunder clearly had a different mission than the Spurs last night. They were running up and down the court, easy. I mean, a lot of Chet's points, which you mentioned, he didn't even really have a particularly right. good game. A lot of his points were just them getting out and running, and he would be the one that ended up with the open flush because Giddy or SGA drew Just all the attention. Giddy had a hell of a game. Oh my god! He yeah, had an unbelievable. Shaq compared him to Pistol Pete on the broadcast, which <laughs> there you go, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Chet Wemby, pretty underwhelming. Um, but you know, that's like you said, first first of many. Probably we're we're gonna see it. 
we're going to see it more. I'm sure those guys, you know, have heard the criticism and, and Shaq kind of said what you said too. It's like, when you have these two freaks of nature, it's almost should be instilled in each of them that they want to go at the other right. one. And we didn't really see much of that. So we I agree. Maybe one, maybe one or two plays where it truly was chat trying to shoot over Wemby or Wemby trying to score on chat. And it's like, these are two of the most gifted defensive players already too. Like, I just kind of wanted to see it. Like, we just didn't see much, Dunny. And that's the thing. It's like I'm not going to overreact to this. But I think Shaq brings up a good point, right, where you want to see when you have these superstar matchups or, you know, these young, exciting player matchups that play similar styles, you want to see them go head-to-head. And in the NBA, too, especially nowadays, you want to see these guys go head-to-head when they match up against each other. And we see a lot of switching. We see a lot of double teams. And it sometimes takes away from what I really liked about the NBA. I appreciated it growing up is when it was a superstar versus superstar, and they both were kind of, like, feeling it, and they were they knew, like, they weren't missing that night. We saw they would just go at each other, Donnie, trading buckets on either side of the court. And I know it's the first match if they're both super young, but it was tough because we, we didn't even get to see like a little glimpse of that. We just kind of saw, all right, like Jeff's going to switch to this. I want to switch over here. And it's like, well, I want to see him go at it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it, it was just maybe, I don't know if it was too hyped, but like maybe expectations were a little too high. I really do think too, that a lot of it was just the, how non-competitive it became by yes. midway through the third quarter, yeah. which, which sucks. But you know, Chat and Wemby could be as motivated as they wanted to be, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the Spurs guys are going to get up. And maybe you know, maybe it wasn't them trying to get up. Maybe the Thunder just were that solid. Thunder or wagon, that, dude. Yeah, and that's that's what it appeared to be. You know, us three were high on them coming into the season. Yeah. Very it seems high. like the. The rest of the media start. Yeah, I mean, you you had him in your damn finals pick. You said, <laughs> "I'm telling Splendor, you, like, which yeah. doesn't look as crazy as we right. all laughed about it when you said it." And uh, it's it's awesome, man. So, I uh, you know, I think the next two time or the next time these guys see each other, I'm sure it will be different. Um, you know, we still got to see what it looks like just having those two guys out on the court at the same time. And I, yeah. th- that that was enough for me to tune in. So. You Absolutely. Know, no, I mean, no real complaints here. If you're just a me. photo of the tip off, right? Wemby versus yeah. Chat and the tip off. That's all. That's really all you needed. That, that's going to be one of the iconic photos we'll see from the NBA this season. But I think you're right, Duddy, too. I, I have to put that in perspective. The Thunder are a much better team than the Spurs right now. The Thunder are a couple of years ahead of the Spurs, right? The Spurs are where the mm-hmm. Thunder were a few years ago. So the Thunder are a much better team. And also, too, we talk about the Spurs, and this was brought up in the broadcast, I believe. I think it was some point in the second quarter. Wemby's kind of like their go-to guy. We've seen flashes of Vassell, and we've seen Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson didn't play last night. But Vassell and Keldon Johnson, we've kind of seen flashes of them as being the guy. But Wemby is their go-to guy. You can make the argument right now on the Thunder that uh, that Chet is their number four option offensive. Yeah. After SGA, Jalen Williams, and Josh Giddy. Like you can the Spurs, some games have to rely on Wemby as being that number one option. The Thunder don't have to rely on that for Chet. So the teams are in different places. And yep. we kind of saw, you know, a glimpse of I get it. Like it wasn't the best, you know, matchup Chet versus Wemby that we wanted, but we saw a glimpse of what this Thunder team can do when they're rolling, man. My goodness. 
My goodness. Yeah. I think Shea Gill just had seven steals. I think they had 19 steals as a team last night. Jeez, man. Yeah. I mean, and, that, I mean, and that that just shows how easy it is for them to get out in transition. That's what they love to do. Um, yeah, really everything's coming together for, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we love seeing it. Before we get into the rest of the stuff that we talked about was going to be coming up, just the quick news and notes. We, you know, we love talking about Wemby and Chet, so I just completely blanked on the news and notes. Um, some important stuff here. Steph Curry will miss the game tonight after having some knee aggravation, maybe a knee sprain um, is what we saw reported. And he will be sitting tonight and will be reevaluated later in the week. Yeah, he believes to have a, a sprain in his right knee, is what Shams reported yesterday. Today, we got the news that he'll be reevaluated later this week. So, you know, it's 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 never a good news and notes section when Steph Curry's the headliner with an injury, although it doesn't sound too serious because last night he was questionable for tonight's game. Um, and the original report was not expected to miss much time. So, you know, Warriors fans and just NBA fans alike are, are hoping it's the latter where he doesn't miss much time. But that is that is the reality for the Warriors right now. And like I said, we're, we're going to talk about what happened last night in just a little bit. The other piece of news here is Daniel Tice, which he is never usually a headliner for news, but just hasn't been playing with the Indiana Pacers. Um, I think it's probably a fit thing because, you know, not that Daniel Tice is this household name or anything, but, you know, we, we've seen him have flashes. He can contribute to teams. And now with the Clippers losing Mason Plumlee to that, I believe he also had a knee sprain. They're looking to bring Daniel Tyson if a buyout does go through, which that's the rumor in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be a win-win for Clippers and the Indiana Pacers where they're they're able to get this guy off their bench, get a buyout because they can't, you know, come to a, a decision on where they want to play this guy or how they want to play this guy. And then Clippers get the much-needed front court help. We're also going to be talking about the Clippers in a little bit because That's always talking about the Clippers. Yeah, um, <laughs> always talking about James Harden, which turned into now us always talking about the Clippers. And little foreshadowing, breaking news here: it is it's not good stuff. What we're no, going to be saying great. about the Clippers. And I think, I mean, immediate news: if you're watching live right now, the Oh, the, the biggest piece of news here is Jake just Jake came joined. in from the top rope. <laughs> He's here. I told you guys he would be here. Um, What's up, Jake? You settled? Or you want us to keep going with the news and notes? Keep it going. Keep it rolling, yeah. We're yeah, locked so no, in. The, the immediate news here was just going to be that Jalen Brown and Chris Tapps Porzingis both expected to miss tonight. Jalen Brown with an illness, another – Knee issue, but this time it's Chris Tapps Porzingis. We're calling this one a knee contusion. He bumped knees with Randall the other night, and that is what he's dealing with right now. So potentially no Joel Embiid is what I'm hearing. He hasn't <laughs> he he hasn't been ruled out for tonight, but we could have a Celtic Sixers matchup on this Wednesday night with three three of the best stars in the game missing. So um we did just get all of our negative news out of the way. We can move on to our topics here. Well, Jake, Donnie, 
before before we get top it, one more news. Trade rumors heating up with Zach Levine. Yes, they're, they're heating Thank up you. with a couple with a couple big that. teams in there. Lakers and Philly is a couple possible destinations. They're yeah. heating up, and, and that's uh, you talk about Philly, like who's rolling right now, looking great. Is that a guy you want to bring in? Like, I I think that's a great piece. I I think Levine's still got a lot in the tank. It's interesting to see what you would give up for him, but the rumors are that's, starting to heat up. That's exactly it. I don't know, like what they already. You know, made a monumental move, dishing out Harden. Obviously, they brought in some assets. They brought in some draft picks. Might be a little easier to trade for Levine, but the success they're having right now, the asking price, I'm sure, is you know not minimal from Chicago if they're willing to trade Levine. That is my that is my biggest thing with the Sixers. How how do they make this work? What does it look like? Obviously, they're not trading Maxi. The guys scorching hot right now he's been their future plan whether they wanted to admit it or not um since he's been on this team uh just yeah curiously what what do you guys like what does that package look like for levine i don't know like his exact value where where he's valued throughout the league but you would have to assume a couple first round picks and then you know like who who do they give up they don't want to give up Embiid. they don't want to give up maxi and i don't want to take anything away from the rest of the guys on this team but it's fair to say Maxie and Embiid have been carrying the Sixers yeah. this year. Um, so it, it is interesting. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Like, what would that package look like from the Sixers? Well, it's also dependent on what the Bulls want back, right? What do the yeah. Bulls think their season is going to be? Or do they want to bring in a couple like that depth pieces and get picks? Or do they just want to blow it up and like, let's get some young guys on the Sixers that haven't really emerged yet. And let's get as many draft picks as we can. So it really comes down to, I think what the Bulls would want in return for the Sixers. Cause if you look at the Sixers team, they don't really have like on paper, that guy right off the bat where it's like, that's going to be the big drawing piece. I think the big like drawing piece into a deal like this would would be the picks, would be you know being able to get multiple first round picks for Levine, whatever he takes. You look at some of the younger guys on the Sixers that maybe could go back. You look at DeAnthony Melton's twenty five, but what's he going to do? He's not really he's not really moving the needle too much. You have Paul Reed, who's twenty four, and Bean's best friend. It feels like Paul Reed, but like I don't think he's another name that's moving it. So it's like, what do the Sixers have to give up? Because like you said, Dunny, there's just a drop off. After I'm beating yep. Tyrese Max, the next best player is Tobias Harris, but the Bulls aren't going to want a 31-year-old Tobias Harris. It, it, if they, if the Bulls do, then that's a Chicago Bulls issue because they, they're not in a spot to bring in a guy like that. But it, and, and you look at the same deal, like you said, with the rumors with the Lakers. It's like, what would they want from the Lakers? I think the Lakers have a little more options than Me Philly too, does. Yeah. But I think majority of Chicago, I think that this is going to be a slowly turn into a rebuild this year where they're just going to want picks and they're just going to want a couple guys they can play now on, you know, lower end salaries. Yeah, six, six you, is tough for me. If you were high, if you were the Lakers, would you sell high on Austin Reeves? I don't I know would, if he's going mean, to be better than Zach he was. Levine, it's a get Zach Levine, absolutely. They moved him to the bench. Saw, like it's like it's yeah, a it's yeah. and I'm not saying that that's because of his like it's not been his play. It's been to even out that bench a little bit more and get some more playmaking there. And but because Cam Reddish has been playing well too, and Cam's been playing well, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will say the interesting thing about the Levine quote today is that he mentioned Rich Paul by name. So that's that was the thing that stuck out to yeah. me more than anything. True. Yeah, and I agree with Steve there. Like I do think the Lakers, I mean, just I just 
you know, I know who's on the 76ers, but I just took a glance at their roster as well. And like, you're right, man. Like who it would have to be picks if the yeah. Sixers are trading for Levine, because if the Chicago Bulls are moving on from Levine, more likely than not, they're trying to rebuild. Like you mentioned, Tobias would probably make the most sense for the Sixers to ship out. Doesn't really make sense for the Chicago Bulls right. to take him. Lakers, interesting. I saw today Austin Reeves, D'Lo in a first, I believe it was, maybe multiple first for Zach Levine. Sixers with D'Lo, Reeves, Maxi, and Embiid, that's that's pretty nice. And, you know, you, you'd think something at least in that ballpark would get the deal done. And I, I, that's I don't think – a good return for Levine for Chicago if they could, yeah. if they could get that. Chicago kind of needs that point guard too, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, Kobe yeah. White, Io DeSumo just hasn't – not neither of them have really stepped up to be that guy yet. But, I mean, that's, that feels like a big return too. Yeah. It's crazy to me that the Bulls, like, I feel like they should have been doing this in the summer, but they, they yeah, needed people yeah. on – they needed people been on saying the, that the last couple yeah, summers. Yeah, but they needed people on the posters. Like, that's really what it feels yeah. like. They get, get people in the building this year, get those season tickets sold, all that stuff. So this felt inevitable. Um, I mentioned it on Twitter the other day. Like, it feels like Damar should be the guy that you're getting rid of too. Like, he's got the most value. But also maybe they, like, look at Damar as, like – the cornerstone like the guy that they want to keep there no matter what yeah, exactly. exactly like keep him around like and whatever you get from this rebuild if you get rid of levine if you end up getting rid of a vucevic and then maybe like some other bit pieces or whatever if this roster looks really different like i'd rather just have damar there and him be the guy that you yeah. you know have your as your veteran leader i'm sure he loves that role too so uh it, yeah it was interesting to see that he's not in that rumor but that i feel like that's that's why because they see him as like a bigger role than just his on-court role. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned him slightly there, Vooch. I'm kind of surprised. And who knows, this thing might uh, open up and become dominoes falling mm. when they trade Levine. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a handful of teams out there that, that would love a Vucevic on their squad to, you know, just give them that post scoring, give them that rebounding advantage that he brings. Obviously, you know, not a guy who is going to make the Sports Center top ten every night, but Vucevic definitely one of the more underrated bigs, probably just underrated yeah. players in our league. Um, but yeah, Chicago, good, good call, Steve. Definitely worth keeping an eye on the Zach Levine situation. Could be interesting. I'm sure teams out west do not want to see uh, the Lakers land. No. <laughs> Zach Levine, um, and I'm sure LeBron would love that, so he can uh, get some scoring while he's on the bench there, like we like we talked about last week. Moving right along, we mentioned it, we alluded to it. The Clippers, we're going to be talking about them again. I wanted to start this Clippers discussion because we already talked about how they're in in the market for Daniel Tice if a buyout happens there. I saw a stat today. In the last six games, the Clippers are 0-6. That's the worst losing streak of Kawhi Leonard's basketball career. High school, college, and NBA, he has never lost six straight until James Harden joined his squad, and that is exactly what the Clippers have done. They've lost their last six, and things look gray, cloudy and sad in los angeles um if you're looking through the clippers lens i mean where, where are we at man what what the hell is going on 
It's bad. I mean, it's crazy because you look at the Clippers that when Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George were on the court before this Harden deal, they were like top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Like they were one of the like best, like, you know, big three units out there. And now James Harden joins the team and when those four on the court simultaneously, I think they're 29th in the NBA, which is just no. terrible. Their, their plus minus is absolutely abysmal when Harden is on the court. But what I still don't understand is all that aside, I have given Harden the benefit of the doubt and say like, you know, he's a good player. It's just, it's not a guy I want to bring into my team, that type of attitude, that type of locker room cancer. And it's once again, they lose to the Nuggets by three, which was probably the best showing we've seen from this Clippers team since they got James Harden last night. But they lose by three. And then Harden just excuses in his postgame press conference. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he keeps going. He I goes, I didn't have up. a training camp. I didn't have a preseason. So I'm learning on fly for a new team. Buddy, a week ago, you said I'm the system. Like, you yeah. can't tell me you're adjusting to learn for a new team when at the same time you're saying I'm the system and you don't want to say you're the system because your system's shit. You're 0-6 yeah. now with this Clippers team. You've basically ruined the rhythm of Paul George since you got there, which is terrible. When I'm watching the Clippers game, I don't really know who's even – they want to run the offense through it sometimes. It almost looks like all four of them are lost, and I get it because Harden's new there and the chemistry you got to build it, but it's like you shouldn't have even had to deal with that to begin with. I just – I never understood the move. Like I said – you can't look at what they gave up and be like the Clippers got fleeced, like this was a bad trade. Like you look at the value you gave up and you're like, all right, a player of Harden, like I understand what they gave up. But at the same time, too, it was a deal that didn't need to be done. And I believe before going into the Nuggets game, when uh, Harden's off the court, the Clippers were plus 19. This is in their five-game uh, losing streak. Plus 19 when Harden's on the court, minus 67. Like there's so many things that are pointing to Harden is not a good fit for this team. And I know you backed yourself into a corner. You can't really do what, what are you going to do at this point, right? You can't really trade Harden. You can't really just get rid of him. You're kind of stuck with him. Maybe you could try to move lineups around and move one of these guys to the bench, but that's just going to piss off everybody no matter what you do. And it's like the fact of the matter is you've made your bed. You got to sleep in it right now, but it should have never been done in the first place. And now we're looking at this Clippers team where it's like, what, what's going to happen going forward? Because the only thing that's going to happen is these players are going to get frustrated. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think James Harden's the best person when it comes to adversity. And if, if no. they, if they keep, if they keep losing, who knows what's going to happen. And we could see James Harden play like two more weeks for the Clippers and then he just doesn't show up again. The fact that he makes this excuse, I didn't have a preseason, that was your choice because you didn't show up to Philly. Yeah. And and that's your excuse. An even better quote, I think. I, this is the one I thought you were going to hit us with, Steve. When we figure this out, it's going to be scary. Oh, Famous last Word, it's it's the same quote. It's the same. This is yep. just same same hours out of it. Like, what, yeah, exactly. What are we doing here? Oh, it's man. already scary. You've lost six straight. Yeah, it's pretty freaking scary, right? You've <laughs> like, taken two of the most efficient players in basketball, Kawhi and Paul George, and, and, and turned them inefficient. Whose fault is it that you didn't have a training camp? Like, you're the one that didn't want to Your show fault. up to training camp. You're the one that left. Like, what if it's your fault? It's and then, crazy. Bro. I'm sure it's everyone's crazy. seen it uh, by now, but the I don't know if I know the broadcaster's name, the guy on League Pass who absolutely went off 
on, on um, Nick Madera, Madaris, I think his name is the man yes. broadcaster. Yes, mm-hmm. I believe you're right. Oh, I loved it. He went off for like two minutes on it. I don't know, and he didn't even say and it wasn't even anything. Like he was there was no vitriol. Like it was not no. even angry. It was all just like, bro, this it's is kind of happened. factual. Yeah, no, it's just going through James Harden's career step by step. Career. Yeah, and he's just. I mean, and but it's crazy, right? Because it's like I don't understand why the Clippers did because we've seen this track record. Did anyone think anything different was going to happen? Like, is yeah. that is is it crazy to be like, oh, this is going to work? Like, you had a good team. This isn't going to work. That's what I mean. No. What what convinced the Clippers to do this other than Harden wanted to be there? Like that's yeah, literally right. like he wanted to be there. Did they yeah, like feel it. compelled to do it? Like I don't understand. Did the did Adam Silver like hit him up? And be like, listen, y'all are trading for James Harden. Like this is yeah. happening. Like I don't know. I don't understand why the Clippers. From your point, Steve, I don't know why they wanted. It doesn't make any sense why they would want to do this trade. Yeah, and like we keep mentioning, it's not like they were one of the best teams in basketball. Granted, yeah. we're four or five games in when it happened, but. Still, I mean, you're 0-6 now, and you weren't before. I mean, you've lost six straight now, and you were in a good place before. Um, Yeah, I I found his name. You were right on the last name. His name is Brian. Brian Deramis. I don't know know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, But Harden also responded to what this guy said. And said, he doesn't know me or the situation. That would be fucked up if I went at him and started being disrespectful to him. But I can't. They don't know anything. They just go off what they see on social media or hearsay or what he's watching on the court, man. Yeah. He's not, he what didn't say mean? anything as hearsay. a personal attack to you. Media. He's calling the game, man. Yeah. He just went, he just went from step by step of your career. He didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't lie about anything. He just said, these are the facts. This is what happened. You went here. This is what happened to this team. Then you went here. This is what happened to this team. Like, I, it's like Harden just like doesn't he he wants to live his own truth, right? James Harden mm-hmm. just wants to live in his own bubble, his own world, and he do- doesn't want to admit he's the problem. And once again, like I said, when we saw his press conference after the Nuggets game, Duddy, and just the comments he made, it's like it's the same type of deal with James Harden where he can't really admit anything. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. Yeah, man. yeah, and he's never uh, to blame. James, it's never, never, never been James's fault. No, never once. Never been James' fault. It's so he's sad also playing because, like shit this year too. Well, yeah, it's not it's like he's terrible. putting up numbers like he had in Philly, right? Locker room cancer Philly. He was still scoring like twenty points, like eight assists, like savage. What thirteen and five? Yeah. That's what you want to bring Harden in for for thirteen and five. You want to bring that type of guy in for thirteen and five? Oh it's man, so sad yeah. that we're gonna like talk about this for James Harden's like legacy more than anything. And it's not like he was the most enjoyable person to watch anyways on the court. Like a lot of people are just going to be like, he kind of broke the game of basketball for a couple of years and like was the worst thing that happened to it. Fake free. Yeah. And he's still, that's the thing is it's all his usual, like you watched that game last night. He's still trying to pull all his usual tricks. He's still trying to rip through. He's still doing everything. It's like, why? Like you have like two of the greatest wing players of a generation <laughs> on your team. What do you think you're doing? He's the system, uh, bro. It's his they, system. system. They got it. They got to adapt. That's why the Clippers are losing because they got to adapt. Balmer are just in those clubs together. Maybe we don't know. Too, Maybe I Steve's a little freaky and he's just like, listen, my boy James, like we're out here. So that would not surprise me. Do. The way he he talks about he talks about it too. The way he <laughs> talks about everything, that would not surprise me. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, and like, 
I mean, I'm sure this goes without saying. It's just like the guy who was doing his job the other night. We don't want to do this. We don't want to dump on Harden's existence. We're, we're talking about one of the biggest things and issues that is going on in the NBA right now. One of the better teams who's basically on their last leg, last chance yeah. to win a championship with their old expiring stars and who were playing fantastic their management shot themselves in the foot because they brought in a guy like James Harden. He has no drive. He has no accountability. And now he's tanking this team into the ground. And, you know, maybe we should wait and see what happens because James, you better be right. Or this, the backlash you're getting that you think is bullshit and fucked up. It's, it's probably going to get a lot gonna, worse. It's only going to get worse. It's only yeah. going to get worse. If you, if you, the, the only way to shut up this backlash is to win, and you're doing the opposite. You're taking yeah. a winning team and making them – Borderline missed the playoffs. Team. Could you imagine that? A team with these four names misses the playoffs? Yeah. I know we're early in the season, but that is unacceptable. Outlandish. It really is, man. It really is. Um, one of them's gonna ask for a tra- one of them's gonna ask for a trade first, like before the end of this year. If it's like this, do you, do you feel like Kawhi or Paul want to stay there? No, this? no chance. I, I don't see it. Russ Westbrook's Russ, already Russ miserable. Is, He's Russ already is, miserable. Russ is gonna be in Miami by by January one. Like that's yeah. that's that's the saddest part like of it all for me, man. <laughs> he, me too. He was in a real groove. He was probably, if there was anyone in that locker room saying, like, yo, don't do this, it was probably Russ. He was thriving with Paul George and Kawhi when he got to the Clippers. Poor Russ just wanted to just go back to L.A., play for his hometown Lakers. He gets run out of Los Angeles. He gets to go to the Clippers. He balls out for them. Balls and every time every time he's been on the court for the last half a year or whatever it is, and now he's going to get run out of L.A. again because the other hometown kid, who's probably worse than him at this point, yeah. wanted to come in and make himself the system. Yeah. yeah it's uh... If I was the Clippers, the Clippers might just have the Buffalo curse. Like, Buffalo sports, if you didn't oh. – I've been under a rock. Their they, their curse has just come right back, roaring up. And I think the Clippers are just like adding on. Yeah, just just carrying through. Maybe the Clippers bring in Glenn Dorsey, fix the offense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can hurt. Man. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll try to move on to some some brighter news here. Mentioning at the top two teams that are surprising oh. <laughs> everyone right now, or the Pacers, I guess. Halliburton surprising me. The Pacers group isn't surprising me because we kind of, we kind of had, we kind of had this expected. Let me give you guys some some Halley stats. Um, oh, Donnie, feed from, it to me. Yes, the this was his game last night. The first player in NBA history. Oh, well, I don't know if I talked about him. Pacers and Rockets is who we're going to be talking about. But you know, Halliburton, just two last, teams we were high on in the offseason. It's not a big deal. Yeah, no biggie. We we know ball. Uh, the first player in NBA history with 30 plus points, five plus rebounds, five plus assists, and five plus three pointers, and zero turnovers in a game. Halliburton is quite literally on one. This is another one that's awesome. He's leading the league in assists, by the way. Uh, 12, 12 and a half a game. He's leading by a wide margin <laughs> in assists. <laughs> What one more Halley stat that will blow people's minds? Halliburton in his last two games, thirty-two assists, zero turnovers. Man, it, like it, how long has that? How, how long has every NBA franchise been dreaming of a point guard like this to come along? That, who 
who's that secure with the ball and sets up his teammates like it's nothing. That's what I'm saying, and I'm not taking a victory lap. Yeah, I'm not going to take a victory lap, but in the offseason, what did I say? He is the best playmaker in basketball. This is a guy that people need to watch. That Indiana's team was night and day last year with Halliburton on the court, with Halliburton not on the court. And, Dunny, we're talking about this, right, 12-and-a-half assists, no turnovers. That's something, like, we saw from Halliburton. We're like, we know this guy's court vision, his playmaking ability, it's second to none. I said, I think this guy can make the SGA leap where he could be very well in consideration for first all team NBA this year. And right now, if the season ended today, he would be. Um, but what is crazy for me is this guy's shooting efficiency too. Tyrese Halliburton right now is shooting 53% from the floor, 44% from three. Oh, he's making three point three and a half threes a game on a 44% clip and 93% from the free throw line. That is the jump where I was like, all right, I think Halliburton's a great player. He's an efficient player. He's a great playmaker. He's averaging nearly 25 points a game on top of 12 and a half assists per game. This is a guy, like you said, he had turned the ball over in two games. He's only averaging two turnovers a game. For a guy who has that high of a usage rate, where you have 12 and a half persists per game, 25 points per game, and you're shooting a 50-40-90 split. And it's not just the 50-40-90, which everyone talks about. That's when you know you are an elite shooter at all aspects of the game. It's 53-44 and 93 is his split. With 12 and a half assists, making everyone around him better and averaging nearly 25 points per game. It's not crazy right now to say Tyrese Halliburton is playing like the best point guard of basketball and a top five player in basketball. And he's a guy who, like I said, a lot of people know Tyrese Halliburton's very good, but they haven't really crowned him as that superstar status. It's right now the Pacers are seven and four. They look like one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And this is with a struggling Ben Matherin right now. This is with Ben Matherin, who's not playing too well. This is with Buddy Heald, who hasn't been the best version Buddy of himself. Buddy Heald's been weird this year, man. Yeah, I'm, hasn't. I'm surprised. Outside of really Miles Turner, who's been the only other one who's been playing very well. Once again, another super underrated player, Miles Turner. Yeah. But this is a seven and four Pacers team. Obi Toppin's still trying to find his way a little bit. Naismith Obi will have Toppin good games. His first, his first 20 point game as a Pacer did, last night. Did. Naismith will have good games. He'll have slower games. Like these are still guys working around, and it's also a young team, too. But I, I told you, when you got Tyrese Halliburton steering the ship, you are always going to be going in the right direction. And it's just his stats are mind-boggling because I knew the playmaking was going to be there. I knew he was going to have decent efficiency. But the shooting split and averaging nearly 25 a game with this type of playmaking and then not turning the ball over, we don't see that in today's NBA. We do not see that. It's it's crazy because with all the double teams, not it doesn't matter. He's still not turning over. He's just setting up his guys. It's like fine. You're gonna give me one on one. I will shoot too. And that's what I didn't see from Halliburton last year. I'm like, I don't know if this guy's gonna, you know, become a volume shooter too as a point guard. He's taking 16 shots a night. Yep. Yeah. It's isn't unreal. It, uh, isn't it crazy that Halliburton was a Sacramento King? I know. I know. <laughs> like I feel like that's just like gets forgotten and. Last year, it was easy for us to say, well, look at this run the Kings are on, and Sabonis is an amazing player, still yeah. is. I'm not going to take anything away from that. It's probably fair to say now that it's – you could even argue now that it still was even trade just because of the run the Kings had last year. They had more, they've had more success since the trade happened. I think 
in maybe even six months to a year's time, that trade is, and as far as we go beyond that, is going to look more and more lopsided. Um, I think, and not, I think so. not in the sense of comparing the talents, but just like right. what Indiana has for the future now. Like Sabonis, Agreed. Look, outside looking in, isn't a future asset for the Kings. He's there now. Halliburton is there now and 10 years to come, you know, however they want to go with that franchise, if they please. Um, so it, it's just uh, kind of crazy to think about him as a king as well. The only thing I'll say in defense to that trade with the Kings and the Pacers is that I don't think we ever would have seen this Halliburton if he stayed on the Kings because you still True. have De'Aaron Fox there. I don't think you probably could have played them both because I love Fox, but I don't think Fox is really like a true like catch and yeah. shooter. Halliburton would want there, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. think either of them, like Halliburton probably could, but he's also the best like playmaker in the yeah, NBA exactly. can't yeah. play him off ball and Fox. I don't think that's his biggest strength. Fox's biggest strength is he's taking the ball up the court. He's flying by you or he's drawing two guys to come in and he's kicking it. Halliburton, like I said, I don't think you would have seen the best version of him if he stayed on the King. So that's the only defense I can make there, but you're right, Dunny. Like, the Kings still got a, a good piece that helps them in Sabonis. And I, I'm never going to say all oh, the Kings got fleeced, but what the Pacers got is a point guard for the future who is going to be a superstar for, like you said, the next 10 years, who I think already is in that conversation for best point guard in the NBA. And like I said, I would not be shocked if he's on first all NBA this year because of what he's doing no. at the point guard position. He's a perfect fit with Rick Carlisle too. Like what Carlisle wants to do running up and down the floor, like yep. the way yes. that he plays it. Like it's yes. literally, it was such a perfect scheme fit too. Yep. Um, the Cavs picked Isaac Okoro instead of Tyrese Halliburton in that draft, and I'll never, never, never live that down. I look at that draft all the time and oh. see Halliburton at 12, and I'm just like, how did 11 teams pass on this guy? And positive? There's some bad picks. It's not just the Cavs. There's some bad picks. That's uh, and it's and it's like you can talk yeah. like it's hindsight, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't. We we were going into that draft. I remember us being on that stream, being like, "How is Tyrese Halliburton not been drafted right. yet?" Because he was yeah. amazing at Iowa State, dude. We he made Iowa. He put Iowa there. State on the map. He was yeah. unbelievable. Yes. He was doing there. all the shit he's doing now. He was <laughs> yeah. doing in college, like, and you're like, he's got size. He's gonna he's gonna be a playmaker. Like, this floor was so high, and it, it's it's awesome to see him uh, living up to it. Well, that's you the thing what? too, right? You think of playmaking point guards as smaller guards. This guy's six five. Yeah, Halliburton's six five. Right. He's and he's got long. He's like a seven foot. He's got the wingspan too. That, yeah, but yeah, he's a long guy too. Like his arms are just. He, he looks a lot bigger on the court, even. You know what people need to stop discrediting players for too, and it, this could be a reason why Halliburton. You know, probably not the reason he slipped in the draft, and we say slipped. You know, still just outside a lottery pick, but. I mean, Jake just said it. The Cavs drafted a Coro over him. Like he he fell compared yeah. to where he should have been. People need to stop taking players down a peg because they're shooting form in 2023, man. How many oh God, how many know. times is that going to get debunked? With if a player is good Bro. and their shot goes in, maybe it doesn't fucking matter how they shoot it, man. They're yeah. they're pros. They they made it to the NBA. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you want to fix. Uh, a forward in college who is super explosive and is just one jump shot away from being phenomenal. Work on that guy's jump shot. A kid you playing can... varsity in high school, fix his jump shot. Tyrese Halliburton's coming to the NBA. LaMelo Ball's coming to the yeah. NBA. Lonzo Ball. Jokic, look at how 
the, the MVP of the league shoots the basketball. <laughs> I know, I know he didn't win last year, but you know, you get what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's uh, that's the weirdest thing to me. I, I I've never understood that with NBA players, and I, I'll continue I don't get to it either. Now. And it's like it's like he's. 50, 40, 90 split. You can't yeah. say a word. He Don't could headbutt that. the ball in. He could throw the <laughs> yeah. ball up and soccer ball headbutted it. If he's going 50, 40, 90, you can't say a word. You yeah. can't say, what do you mean? Like, oh, I just don't like it. It doesn't look like a good shot. It's like, all right, well, he's still making 20 times the shots of your favorite player. So what, what are we yeah. doing? What are we doing here? You don't like the shooting form? All right, then you go. You go teach Tyrese Halliburton how to properly shoot. All these online warriors. Get yeah, out of here. <laughs> like the way like he's making his shots like why are you complaining <laughs> yeah don't don't come to happy hour hoops if you got bad things to say about Halliburton man. No. um no. that's that's indiana pacers though they're sitting seven and four right now fourth in the eastern conference i have i have them as a top six seed is one of my bold predictions going to the season uh they're, they're sitting pretty right now at seven and four and steve mentioned it like the rest of their guys are kind of playing down to their strengths yeah. right now not, they don't look fantastic. Not everyone looks like they're playing consistent ball. So that you know, opportunity for the Pacers to get better going forward. The other team that we are comparing them to, and also kind of just shining the light on, who's also the fourth seed out west, the Houston Rockets, sitting at six and three. Wow, here we go from yeah. the YouTube chat. Ooh. The Rockets oh. are the best team oh. in Texas. You don't want to say that to Steve, man. Yeah, P the PG knows what he's doing. P PG <laughs> knows exactly what he's saying right there. He wants he wants me to rant, but I'll give the Rockets their flowers, man. And you know, I don't, I don't want to say you know that I was high on the Rockets coming in this year, and I might have said that they might have a coach of the year potential based on what this team can do. And this just has a lot of guys that can figure it out. I mean. First, I mean, I still don't know how he's not really a household name, but Alperin Sengun, like, we have to give him credit, like, what he's yep. doing with this team. He's he's just done everything you really want besides, you know, he just doesn't really shoot the three ball, but it doesn't matter. He's a center that's – he's a center who's probably your best play – he's a center who's probably your best playmaker. He's averaging almost 20 points, I think, eight rebounds, six assists. He's been great. Jalen Green has kind of, you know – he doesn't have to be that guy to try to score 30 a night, right? He's kind of found his role there. Fred Van Vliet was a great add for this team. And then you talk about all the young guys they got. I love I love Jabari Smith. Tari Eason's healthy. It'll be nice to see him when he gets fully going. Amen Thompson, I know he's been out for a few games. But this is a team that finally, and I think it's because of the new head coach and they made Udoka, but they're finally starting to play some defense, boys. This mm -hmm. is this is a team for the first time. It's like, oh, the Houston Rockets score isn't 135 to 115. Like they're not letting a team shoot 60 uh, percent from the field on them and make 18 threes a night. Like that's what I'm surprised at seeing in the Houston Rockets. And I think all credit there has to go to the coach. Because you got basically the same players. You brought in a, a few new faces, right? Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks being the two big ones. And obviously the younger players are getting older, so their defense is going to get better. But you got to give credit to the coaching staff here. You you have to because this is a team that looks night and day from defensive last year to this year. And we're talking about a team that, like, has got some quality wins. They're on a nice streak. They beat the Kings. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Lakers. 
And now, of course, it's setting up for a disaster because I think their next game's against the Clippers. So watch James Harden have a triple-double and the Clippers beat the Rockets and then you just throw this podcast out the window. But <laughs> I'm surprised at how quickly like the defense has turned around. We knew this team was talented with the young team. We knew this team had offensive potential. We knew these guys were going get, to only get better. But I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised at how their defenses look lately in, the, in this win streak. I don't know what the hell Ime does to these teams that he's on, but hey, he just he just gets guys to play defense for him, man. Yeah. It's is there a like, better Ime Udoka player than Fred Van Vliet too? Like it seems like they are like oh a perfect God. fit true. for each other, and Fred's playing like the best basketball of his career Absolutely. right now, and it's that's a lot. That, like Fred's a great player, like and he looks so comfortable with that role that he's doing. It's there. This is. I was I was never expecting this from the Rockets. I thought they'd be more competent, but this is like mm -hmm. like you're saying, Dunny. Ime, what is what is it? You you're the one who had the Ime experience. Like, is it just like that they just will run through a wall for him? Is it a motivation thing, or is he just like that damn smart too with what he's doing? Or is it a combination of both, where he's like he's getting him in line and he also backs it up too, and he'll also probably beat your ass if you like talk. Back yeah. <laughs> So I, I think it's, I think it is a combination of all those things. I know when he first got to Boston, like he made it a point to tell Jason and Jalen how good they were and told them he did, he had the same conversation with Kawhi Leonard and he was going to do everything he could to get the superstar out of those guys and really turn them into leaders. I mean, and that showed in the second half of that, that one year he was with Boston. And I think we're seeing it with Jalen Green. He just, Seems like a more mature player under Ime, and I don't think the stats will really show it now. His numbers this season are pretty identical for the most part to his career numbers. But I will say his three-point shooting, he's shooting 40% from three right now. Jalen Green is like last year we were like, oh, no, Jalen Green's he's going to shoot 32% from three because he yeah. chucks. That is the biggest notice, up 6% percentile points from his career average and last year's shooting. So, you know, not everything else is, is showing right now for Jalen Green, but that's that's a big one that you can look at. And, yeah, I just, I just think E-Make, it's just the way he carries himself. Like, he's just mm -hmm. no-nonsense, defense over everything. He played in this league. He was in Coach Popovich's system. Like, I think just – Taking all of that, mixing it to one, you 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 kind of sit back and realize, oh wow, those those are some pretty good makings of a good head coach in the NBA. And then you just mentioned the personnel that the Rockets went out and got for him. We thought it was kind of a weird combination of players, but Eme has it working, man. Like, yeah. can we could we maybe give Dylan Brooks some flowers? Like this guy who is yeah. just the biggest meme in the NBA last year is scaring, putting fear into the opponents. Like, I don't. I don't know if it's – I don't know. I don't know if it's placebo effect and Dylan Brooks is out there and, like, the other team just, like, doesn't want to worry about it, but then they end up having to because he's actually a good defender. Or Ime is just, you know, pulling him aside and being like, hey, man, just go bother the shit out of the other team for 48 minutes and we'll get this dub. And then, like, he also can just shoot now, man. Like, yeah. I feel, I feel like – I feel like he's he's hitting a shot. He's shooting 53% from three right now. Crazy. Like Dylan, Dylan Brooks couldn't shoot on the Grizzlies. Um, it, it, it's just cool to see. It's Houston. 
probably deserves this. You know, they, they've seen enough shit teams over the last decade and, you know, things haven't been great since Harden's left there. Um, and, you know, just a whole bunch of new faces, new head coach. Thanks for Ime Udoka coming in and being like, we are not signing James Harden. Yeah. Yes. Traded for James Harden. None of that. Nothing. That's not happening. Because I don't think if Ime is there, I don't. I think he's a rocket. I really do. Probably. Ime is yeah. the guy that, like, that tone changed the second they had the chance to hire Ime. And he's like, that guy ain't coming through here. And who knows what we'd be saying about the Rockets right, right. now if it was James Harden and, you know, all the young guys and everything. Yeah, I mean, and this is a this is a team that's only going to get better as the year goes on too, right? Yeah. Like Atari Eason, we, we haven't seen him full go yet, right? He just came back a few games ago. He's getting a few minutes in there, but he's a guy who's perfect. He's a perfect guy for an Ime Udoka team. Perfect yep. guy. Jabari Smith's only going to get better on Ime Udoka. Amen Thompson, who, like I said, was hurt, is another guy that is going to get rotated into this mix. Like We aren't seeing this Rockets at their full potential, and they're also a team that's only going to get better as the year goes on. So I'm uh, I'm very surprised, very, very surprised with how, how good the Rockets look right now. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a special thing. Like we said, fourth seed for both of these guys in their respective conferences – Rockets, Pacers, both balling. Rockets on a six-game winning streak. I mean, they're they're quite literally the hottest team in the NBA right now. And what would you said their their next game's against the Clippers, Steve? I believe it's the Clippers, and they've had so, five days of rest in between it. Talk oh, about man. talk about a year for Houston sports fans. Two teams yeah. that you thought were laughing stocks for the past couple of years, Rockets and Texans, and the leaps both teams have made. I mean, good for you, Houston. Good for you. Yeah. Good for them, indeed. Uh, let's. We have a, a few minutes left here, and then we got to split. Let's quickly talk about the brawl that happened last <laughs> night. Um, it's surprise, surprise. The uh, the main guy involved in it all was Draymond Green. Shocking. I unfortunately was sound asleep when this all happened, but I was enjoying the hell out of the clips this morning. So Timberwolves Warriors met last night. Who is it? Clay Thompson and, and Jaden McDaniels yeah, got into it originally. Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels. I, I believe it was a foul that started off. And the next thing you know, they start barking at each other. And they start going at it. McDaniels starts pulling on Clay Thompson's yeah. jersey. Here comes the shoving, getting each other's face. Then all the big men got to come out. Rudy Gobert, which I don't think he really did anything. He was the only one who was like kind of directly involved in this, who wasn't ejected from the Steve game. Steve Kerr claims that he put his hands around Draymond's neck. Now, is that just him sticking up for Draymond? I think that's I him really just sticking up for Draymond. It was yeah. more, I think, Gobert getting involved and, you know, obviously when trying to get involved, separate. everything's going even, on. Even if he touched his neck, the answer is not like a drag dude 20 feet across Bro, the floor. Exactly. The, the answer is not put him in a chokehold and try to drag him. And that's just the most classic Draymond thing there, where this was between Clay and McDaniels. And then, of course, Gobert, he's the big guy. He's got to get involved. He's pushing people out of the way. He's getting in the face, like, don't start anything. And then Draymond, in classic Draymond fashion, just comes over to Rudy Gobert. And you know what? We talked about, Dunny, the iconic photo of the Wemby chat tip. The most yeah. iconic photo so far the NBA season is Draymond. Got Rudy Gobert in a And Rudy, cold. like, has his hand up, and it like, kind of looks like he's, like, trying to tap out or, like, about to tap out. <laughs> it's like, what, what am I watching right now? Yeah, it's perfect, man. It's Yeah, is it is it UFC Fight Night or is it Wolves Warriors uh, in, in the late slate? Yeah, it's – I mean, 
it's just it's typical kind of with Draymond, like to have Gobert get put in a headlock. Do we expect that? No. Do we expect Draymond to get ejected and to get in a fight? Well, almost every night I expect that when the Warriors play. <laughs> um, and now the interesting part from the league, man, like what do they like? How, it, every year it's like, how do we discipline this guy because right. he just continuously puts himself in the, these situations? The stomp on Sabonis last year in the playoffs. Yep. They didn't know how they were going to discipline that. People thought he got away easy from that one. So maybe the NBA comes with a harsher discipline this time around. Do you think he gets a multi-like game suspension, Dunny? Like, what do, what do you think? I think he gets suspended for this. Yeah. I, I would say I would say one many, to three games would be my guess. Yeah, I was thinking like a two-game suspension would be my guess. How just many was it last year? I want to say it was just one first. Yeah. Or was he not even? There were no punches thrown, which is why I'm like probably not. But it's like it's also too. It's like it's not a good look. You can't put a guy in a chokehold, man. And like yeah. like I said, this was between McDaniel's and Clay. It was it was Gobert. I don't know. Just trying to defuse yeah, the situation. Yeah, he's the third man in or fourth man face. in. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, it, it was one game for the Sabonis incident. Yeah. I so can see I, two games, I, but I think five. I think they got really? they got to put they got to put they got to stop this man. It's early yeah. in the season. If they don't <laughs> they don't do this, he's, stop he's been, this man. <laughs> he's been yeah. out of control the whole season. Like dude, his whole shit. career, like, bro. I mean, well, his whole career. Real. Yeah. His whole yeah. career. Like, yeah. But I, it feels I love like, it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no, it's 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 a very it's hard, right? Because like I think we all are. We all get tired of people saying the NBA is soft and we don't like how they coddle the players sometimes. Right. And you do like we love this, man. Like we love talking about it. It's exciting to wake up to still shots of Draymond with Gobert <laughs> and a headlock. Uh, but you should be disciplined for it. So it's it's tough. Like we we want to have the cake and eat it, too. We want some flair. We want some fights. We want some scrums in the NBA. But that, at the end of the day, a guy with this track record, like he does need to be disciplined. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just so funny, man. And the the track record with these two in general, like they've been going at it for years. Mm-hmm. Subtweeting, dude. Say, you know, Draymond saying that Gobert cried when he didn't make the All Star game one year. <laughs> um, Draymond telling the TNT crew to not compare him to Rudy Gobert. They're on different levels. It's just like mm-hmm. it's perfect, man. Dr- Draymond and Gobert. Like I said, that's the most iconic photo of the season so far. Because yeah. it wasn't even those two that started. There was nothing in that yeah. play between Draymond and Rudy Gobert that really happened. It was Clay Thompson, Jaden McDaniels, and next thing you know, it's Clay, it, it's it's Rudy Gobert and Draymond. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Draymond's like, oh, there's a fight happening. Let me get yeah, directly in the Gobert? middle of this <laughs> and take the gold medal for this scrum. <laughs> uh, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, Poor Curry, though. Curry was yeah. out for the game, and then you get Trayvon and Clay Toss. Curry's just sitting there on the bench. Rudy's, Rudy's uh, quote after is like, every game steps out, but old buddy doesn't want to be in the game. <laughs> yeah. Find his way out as quick as possible. <laughs> I know. That was kind of the perfect get back for Gobert there. Yeah. He didn't really need to say much in that. It's a tough um, look for Rudy. I mean, he got – it was a blindsided, but that's a seven-foot-one man compared to, like, a six-six yeah. man getting dragged yeah. across the court. It's not – It's a crazy not photo. It's yeah. crazy, man. <laughs> and then you just have Cat, like, bear-hugging everyone from behind while this yeah. is all happening. 
If Cat was if Cat was re- if this was the nineties, Cat would have just came in and just like a clothesline yeah. right to right to Draymond as he had him. Yeah, would have been a could have gotten a lot worse there. But yeah, what a night! I I, I literally got home for my softball game, opened Twitter, and the first thing I saw was Draymond dragging Drew. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta turn these games on. Let's get it. Yeah, it's uh, that's this is why you call the NBA where amazing happens because that's true. It, it's awesome, man. We we get such different shit every night, and and we love the sport of basketball. We decided to end with the most exciting thing that happened, uh, but we'll be back next week. Tune in to hear us dump on James Harden some more. Check in on <laughs> to see if the let's check in next week to see if the Clippers have won a game since the trade. Yeah. Uh, they they could be 0 and 10 by the next time we talk to you guys since the Harden trade. Um, but you guys know the drill. Follow Train Rec Sports. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. Stay locked in with the three of us. Um, yeah, and that'll do it for Happy Hour Hoops today, guys. Enjoy the basketball, and we will see you next week. Later, guys.